Chapter 20 of The Scarecrow of Oz by L. Frank Baum. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Scarecrow of Oz by L. Frank Baum. Chapter 20 Narrated by Mr. Old Guy. Queen Gloria. Next morning the Scarecrow called upon all the courtiers and the people to assemble in the throne room of the castle, where there was room enough for all that were able to attend. They found the straw man seated upon the velvet cushions of the throne, with the king's glittering crown still upon his stuffed head. On one side of the throne, in a lower chair, sat Gloria, looking radiantly beautiful and fresh as a new-blown rose. On the other side sat Pawn, the gardener's boy, still dressed in his old smock-frock, and looking sad and solemn, for Pawn could not make himself believe that so splendid a princess would condescend to love him when she had come to her own and was seated upon a throne. Trot and Cap'n Bill sat at the feet of the Scarecrow, and were much interested in the proceedings. Button Bright had lost himself before breakfast, but came into the throne room before the ceremonies were over. Back of the throne stood a row of the great orcs, with their leader in the center, and the entrance to the palace was guarded by more orcs, who were regarded with wonder and awe. When all were assembled, the scarecrow stood up and made a speech. He told them how Gloria's father, the good King Kind, who had once ruled them and had been loved by everyone, had been destroyed by King Fierce, the father of Pon, and how King Fierce had been destroyed by King Cruel. This last king had been a bad ruler, as they knew very well, and the Scarecrow declared that the only one in all Jinxland who had the right to sit upon the throne was Princess Gloria, the daughter of King Kind. But he added, It is not for me, a stranger, to say who shall rule you. You must decide for yourselves, or you will not be content. So choose now who shall be your future ruler. And they all shouted, The Scarecrow! The Scarecrow shall rule us! Which proved that the stuffed man had made himself very popular by his conquest of King Cruel, and the people thought they would like him for their king. But the scarecrow shook his head so vigorously that it became loose, and Trot had to pin it firmly to his body again. No, said he, I belong in the land of Oz, where I am the humble servant of the lovely girl who rules us all, the royal Ozma. You must choose one of your own inhabitants to rule over Jinxland. Who shall it be? They hesitated for a moment, and some few cried, Pawn! But many more shouted, Gloria! So the scarecrow took Gloria's hand and led her to the throne, where he first seated her, and then took the glittering crown off his own head and placed it upon that of the young lady, where it nestled prettily amongst her soft curls. The people cheered and shouted then, kneeling before their new queen, but Gloria leaned down and took Pon's hand in both her own and raised him to the seat beside her. 
You shall have both a king and a queen to care for you and to protect you, my dear subjects, she said in a sweet voice, while her face glowed with happiness. For Pon was a king's son before he became a gardener's boy, and because I love him, he is to be my royal consort. That pleased them all, especially Pon, who realized that this was the most important moment of his life. Trot and Button Bright and Cap'n Bill all congratulated him on winning the beautiful Gloria. But the orc sneezed twice and said that in his opinion the young lady might have done better. Then the scarecrow ordered the guards to bring in the wicked cruel, king no longer, and when he appeared, loaded with chains and dressed in fustian, the people hissed him and drew back as he passed so their garments would not touch him. Cruel was not haughty or overbearing any more. On the contrary, he seemed very meek, and in great fear of the fate his conquerors had in store for him. But Gloria and Pon were too happy to be revengeful, and so they offered to appoint Cruel to the position of gardener's boy at the castle, Pon having resigned to become king. But they said he must promise to reform his wicked ways and to do his duty faithfully, and he must change his name from Cruel to Gruel. All this the man eagerly promised to do, and so when Pon retired to a room in the castle to put on princely raiment, the old brown smock he had formerly worn was given to Gruel, who then went out into the garden to water the roses. The remainder of that famous day, which was long remembered in Jinxland, was given over to feasting and merry-making. In the evening there was a grand dance in the courtyard, where the brass band played a new piece of music called the Orc Trot, which was dedicated to our glorious Gloria, the Queen. While the Queen and Pan were leading this dance, and all the Jinxland people were having a good time, the strangers were gathered in a group in the park outside the castle. Captain Bill, Trot, Button Bright, and the Scarecrow were there, and so was their old friend the Orc. But of all the great flock of Orcs which had assisted in the conquest, but three remained in Jinxland, beside their leader, the others having returned to their own country as soon as Gloria was crowned queen. To the young Orc who had accompanied them, in their adventure, Captain Bill said, You've surely been a friend in need, and we're mighty grateful to you for helping us. I might have been a grasshopper yet if it hadn't been for you, and I might remark that being a grasshopper isn't much fun. If it hadn't been for you, friend Orc, said the Scarecrow, I fear I could not have conquered King Cruel. No, agreed Trot. You'd have been just a heap of ashes by this time. And I might have been lost yet, added Button Bright. Much obliged, Mr. Orc. Oh, that's all right, replied the Orc. Friends must stand together, you know, or they wouldn't be friends. But now I must leave you and be off to my own country, where there's going to be a surprise party on my uncle, and I've promised to attend it. Dear me, said the Scarecrow regretfully, that is very unfortunate. Why so? asked the orc. I hoped you would consent to carry us over those mountains into the land of Oz. My mission here is now finished, 
and I want to get back to the Emerald City. How did you cross the mountains before? inquired the orc. I scaled the cliffs by means of a rope, and crossed the great gulf on a strand of spider web. Of course, I can return in the same manner, but it would be a hard journey, and perhaps an impossible one for Trot and Button Bright and Captain Bill. So I thought that if you had the time, you and your people would carry us over the mountain and land us all safely on the other side in the land of Oz. The orc thoughtfully considered the matter for a while. Then he said, I mustn't break my promise to be present at the surprise party, but tell me, could you go to Oz tonight? What now? exclaimed Trot. It is a fine moonlit night, said the orc. And I've found in my experience that there's no time so good as right away. The fact is, he explained, it's a long journey to Orkland, and I and my cousins here are all rather tied by our day's work. But if you will start now and be content to allow us to carry you over the mountains and dump you on the other side, just say the word and off we go. Captain Bill and Trot looked at one another questioningly. The little girl was eager to visit the famous fairyland of Oz, and the old sailor had endured such hardships in Jinxland that he would be glad to be out of it. It's rather impolite of us not to say good-bye to the new king and queen, remarked the scarecrow, but I'm sure they're too happy to miss us, and I assure you it will be much easier to fly on the back of the orcs over those steep mountains than to climb them as I did. All right, let's go, Trot decided. But where's Button Bright? Just at this important moment, Button Bright was lost again and they all scattered in search of him. He had been standing beside them just a few minutes before, but his friends had an exciting hunt for him before they finally discovered the boy seated among the members of the band, beating the end of the bass drum with the bone of a turkey leg that he had taken from the table in the banquet room. Hello, Trot, he said, looking up at the little girl when she found him. This is the first chance I ever had to pound a drum with a regular drumstick, and I ate all the meat off the bone myself. Come quick, we're going to the land of Oz. Oh, what's the hurry, said Button Bright, but she seized his arm and dragged him away to the park where the others were waiting. Trot climbed upon the back of her old friend, the orc leader, and the others took their seats on the backs of his three cousins. As soon as all were placed and clinging to the skinny necks of the creatures, the revolving tails began to whirl, and up rose the four monster orcs, and sailed away toward the mountains. They were so high in the air that when they passed the crest of the highest peak it seemed far below them. No sooner were they well across the barrier than the orcs swooped downward and landed their passengers upon the ground. Here we are, safe in the land of Oz, cried the scarecrow joyfully. Oh, are we? asked Trot, looking around her curiously. She could see the shadows of stately trees and the outlines of rolling hills. Beneath her feet was soft turf but otherwise the subdued light of the moon disclosed nothing clearly. 
seems just like any other country, was Captain Bill's comment. But it isn't, the scarecrow assured him. You are now within the borders of the most glorious fairyland in all the world. This part of it is just a corner of the quadling country, and the least interesting portion of it. It's not very thickly settled around here, I'll admit, but... He was interrupted by a sudden whirr and a rush of air as the four orcs mounted into the sky. Good night! called the shrill voices of the strange creatures, and although Trot shouted, Good night! as loudly as she could, the little girl was almost ready to cry, because the orcs had not waited to be properly thanked for all their kindness to her and to Cap'n Bill. But the orcs were gone, and thanks for good deeds do not amount to much, except to prove one's politeness. Well, friends, said the Scarecrow, we mustn't stay here in the meadows all night, so let us find a pleasant place to sleep. Not that it matters to me in the least, for I never sleep, but I know that meat people like to shut their eyes and lie still during the dark hours. I'm pretty tired, admitted Trot, yawning as she followed the straw man along a tiny path. So if you don't find a house handy, Cap'n Bill and I will sleep under the trees, or even on this soft grass. But a house was not very far off, although when the scarecrow stumbled upon it, there was no light in it whatever. Cap'n Bill knocked on the door several times, and there being no response, the scarecrow boldly lifted the latch and walked in, followed by the others. And no sooner had they entered than a soft light filled the room. Trot couldn't tell where it came from, for no lamp of any sort was visible. But she did not waste much time on this problem, because directly in the center of the room stood a table set for three, with lots of good food on it, and several of the dishes smoking hot. The little girl and Button Bright both uttered exclamations of pleasure, but they looked in vain for any cook-stove, or fireplace, or for any person who might have prepared for them this delicious feast. It's fairyland, muttered the boy, tossing his cap in a corner and seating himself at the table. This supper smells most as good as that turkey leg I'd had in Jinxland. Please pass the muffins, Captain Bill. Trot thought it was strange that no people but themselves were in the house, but on the wall opposite the door was a gold frame bearing in the big letters the word WELCOME so she had no further hesitation in eating of the food so mysteriously prepared for them. But there are only places for three, she exclaimed. Three are quite enough, said the scarecrow. I never eat, because I am stuffed full already, and I like my nice clean straw better than I do food. Trot and the sailor man were hungry and made a hearty meal, for not since they had left home had they tasted such good food. It was surprising that Button Bright could eat so soon after his feast in Jinxland, but the boy always ate whenever there was an opportunity. If I don't eat now, he said, the next time I'm hungry I'll wish I had. Really, Cap, remarked Trot when she found a dish of ice cream appear beside her plate. I believe this is fairyland, sure enough. There's no doubt of it, Trot, he answered gravely. 
I've been here before, said Button Bright. So I know. After supper, they discovered three tiny bedrooms adjoining the big living room of the house, and in each room was a comfortable white bed with downy pillows. You may be sure that the tired mortals were not long in bidding the scarecrow good night and creeping into their beds where they slept soundly until morning. For the first time since they set eyes on the terrible whirlpool, Trot and Cap'n Bill were free from anxiety and care. Button Bright never worried about anything. The scarecrow, not being able to sleep, looked out of the window and tried to count the stars. End of chapter 20